Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there and fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the nets ashore full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. 
Friends, today we are continuing to look at Jesus' post-resurrection appearances. We're looking at the time when Jesus appeared to the disciples and others after he'd been crucified and after he'd been risen from the dead. And of all Jesus' post-resurrection appearances, today's is one of my favorites. The, The disciples decide to go fishing. Simon Peter decides, I'm going fishing. The others say, what a great idea. And this might seem odd until you remember that most of the disciples were fishermen to begin with. And even though Jesus had appeared to them twice before, they still weren't sure what to make of it. They weren't sure what to do. So they go back to what they know. Isn't that the case for so many of us when we're lost, when we're wandering, when we aren't sure what to do? We go and we cling to what's familiar to us. With what we know, with what we have done. We turn to the places, the people, the foods, the events, the activities that feel like home. And so that's what Peter and the other disciples do. They sat out on the lake and they fish all night and catch nothing. And then as dawn breaks, they see a figure on the shore. And the figure says, you've caught nothing, have you? And they say, well, no, we haven't. He says, well, cast out your nets on the other side. And they figure, well, what do we have to lose? We're about to head in anyway. We've got no fish. What's the worst that could happen? And they cast their nets out, and they are full of fish, large fish, 153 fish. So many fish that it would be expected the nets would break because John notes that the nets did not break. And when the disciples recognize the figure as Jesus. And they say, look, it's the Lord. And Peter, who is always the impetuous one, always the one who acts and speaks without thinking, immediately leaps off the boat into the water and swims to the shore. The other disciples shrug and say, well, that's Peter for you. And they row to the shore. And they get there and Jesus has set a fire and there's fish and there's bread. And he bids them to bring some of their fish and they have a breakfast together. Afterwards, Jesus pulls Peter aside. The scripture doesn't tell us that, but that's how it always happens in my mind. Jesus says, Peter, come here for a second. He looks at him and says, do you love me? Peter says, well, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. Jesus asks a second time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Jesus asks him a third time, Peter, Do you love me? And then Peter's kind of annoyed because he's answered this question twice. And he says, Jesus, you know everything. You know that I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. I wonder when it clicked into place for Peter. I wonder when the lightning bolt struck. I wonder when that light bulb went off as it does in all cartoons. And when Peter realized what had happened. During Lent, as we explored the last week of Jesus, we talked about Peter denying Christ. 
about how after Jesus was arrested and when he was on trial, Peter and another disciple went to the courtyard. And there, Peter was asked three times, are you a disciple of Jesus? And each time, Jesus or Peter said, no. Just as Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him three times before the cock crowed, Peter did just that. When I preached on that during Lent, I told you that Peter wasn't lying, that at that moment, he was not a disciple of Jesus. Because he wasn't willing to follow Jesus where he was going. It became evident that Jesus was arrested, Jesus was in trouble, Jesus would probably be put to death. And that's a place Peter just couldn't follow him. As the cock crowed, I wonder what Peter felt. In the days that followed, I wonder how many times Peter heard that cock crow in his mind. I wonder how heavy that burden of the three denials were for him. I wonder how he carried them. Three denials. And yet here on the lakeside, Jesus offers him redemption. Jesus offers him restoration. Jesus offers him forgiveness. Three times you denied me, I will ask you three times, do you love me? And Peter was able to say yes, Lord, to each question. From denial to affirmation. From not following Christ to becoming a follower of Christ. From despair to redemption and forgiveness. And this is good news for us. Good news that the redemption, the forgiveness is offered. Because it means that when we mess up, when we sin, when we deny Christ, Christ still loves us. Christ is still there for us. Christ is still willing to pull us aside and say, Ting, do you love me? Tom, do you love me? Chrissy, do you love me? When we sin, when we mess up, Christ doesn't stop loving us. When we deny Christ, Christ does not turn away from us. But Christ is still there asking, do you love me? And that is good news. That there's nothing we can do in life or in death that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. It seems I read that somewhere. But Jesus doesn't just reinstate Peter. And this is where the tricky part comes in. Yes, Peter says he loves Jesus. But they're come with expectations. Jesus offers instructions. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. I've always wondered what the difference is in the feed my sheep, feed my lambs, and tend my sheep is. And I've never been able to get to the bottom of it. I've never found a commentary that's 
address that. I wonder if there's any significance to it or Jesus just didn't want to sound repetitive. But it's clear that He's giving Peter instructions. And redemption, forgiveness, is freely offered. Jesus redeems Peter and asks him, do you love me, before he gives him instructions. And I think this is an important theological point. We aren't offered redemption or forgiveness because of anything we do. We aren't offered forgiveness or redemption because we do what Jesus wants us to do. The instructions come after the forgiveness. After Jesus says, do you love me? Peter says, yes, that's when the instructions come. We do what God calls us to do. We do what Christ asks us to do. We do what God expects us to do because we are forgiven. Because God's love is made manifest to us. We don't do it trying to earn forgiveness. But because forgiveness is freely offered. Jesus doesn't say, feed my sheep. And if you do, you'll be forgiven. He reinstates him with the, do you love me? And then offers instructions. This passage ends on a curious note, though. It could end with the three, do you love me's, the three, yes, lords, you know I do. And we could all go home feeling happy and and smiley. And Peter is probably feeling pretty good once he figured out, wait, Jesus is redeeming me. I denied him three times. Now I'm affirming him three times. But then Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt with your hands and go wherever you wish. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will fasten a belt around you and take you where you don't want to go. Talk about a buzzkill. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I did. Great, everything's perfect. But by the way, when you're old, you're going to be killed. It's so jarring that John adds in parentheses, he said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would die to glorify God. It seems an odd jump from do you love me to this is how you're going to die. Fifteen, twenty years ago, there was a movie put out called Big Fish. It's a great movie starring Albert Finney and Ewan McGregor. It's about a relationship between a, a man and his son. And the man grew up telling wild tales about his life. Tales that seem so good to be true, and the son feels hurt that he never got to know his real dad. And he's telling a story from when he and his friends were children. And the father tells the son, there was this old lady that lived in a creepy house, and she had a decrepit eye under an eye patch. And it was said that anyone who stared into that eye would see how they would die. So me and my friends decided to go and spy on that house. And as we're hiding in the bushes, we begin to dare each other. Go knock on the door. No, you go knock on the door. No, you go knock on the door. And finally, Edward, the father, said, I'll go. And he goes and he knocks on the door and stands there full of fear. And the old lady with the eye patch opens the door and says, can I help you? 
And he's frozen for a moment. And he says, yes, ma'am. There are some people here who want to see your eye. And he leads them to his friends. Most of his friends have scattered, but there are two who are remaining. And she lifts up the eye patch and a beam like a flashlight shines out. And one of the boys sees himself as an old man changing a light bulb on a ladder. And the ladder slips out from under him and he falls to his death. And they run away terrified. And the old lady looks at Edward and says, what about you? And he says, I was thinking about death and all. About seeing how you're going to die. I mean, on one hand, if dying was all you thought about, it could kind of screw you up. But it could kind of help you, couldn't it? Because if you knew that, you knew that everything else, you could survive. And so he glanced into her eye. And this whole story is told as he's laying on his deathbed. And that's the one thing he's never told anyone was what he saw. And really, it's unimportant. What is important is that in looking into her eye and seeing how he was going to die, it took away his fear of death. If you knew how you were going to die, you knew you would survive everything else. If you knew you were going to die falling from a stepladder as an old man, then you could go skydiving without fear. You could ride the fastest, scariest roller coaster. You could eat romaine lettuce. All sorts of <laughs> dangerous things. If you knew how you were going to die, it would take away the fear of death. And that's what Jesus does for Peter. Jesus tells him how he's going to die. One of the great uh, theologians of the 20th century, Frederick Buchner, said, I have always trusted God with my life. The change is that now I begin to trust, at least to trust God with my death. In the courtyard, Peter faced death. He knew that to follow Christ would lead to death, and he was not willing to follow. But now he has learned of his death. He's faced death once again, and in Christ he sees that he has nothing to fear from death. So Jesus says to him, follow me. It's a familiar refrain. It's what Jesus said to the disciples when he first called them. And now it's played out again, once again on a lakeside, once again Jesus standing before Peter, once again Jesus saying, follow me. And now Peter knows what that entails. And he knows that in because of Christ, he has nothing to fear in death. Now Peter is a disciple. Now Peter has been freed to follow Christ. Now freed, Peter has been freed to answer that command, follow me. And that's Christ's commandment to us. Follow me.
whenever I install officers, that is the charge I give them, that Jesus says, follow me. And I say it's as easy and as complicated as that. But to truly follow Jesus, we have to accept Jesus' forgiveness. We have to confess, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. We have to be able to accept his commands to feed his sheep, to tend his flock, to feed his lambs. To love God and neighbor, to care for all of God's children, all of God's creation. We have to trust Jesus with both our life and our death. And that is when we're free to follow Jesus. Amen.